Six puds in the key of Springfield. Yes, is that what we're doing? Uh, I believe that's the show that we're doing. Unless you'd like to prefer to do a different show. Uh, what do you have in mind? Um, uh, what about um, uh, it's Lucy? It's Lucy. Yeah, you know okay. with Lucy Ball and Desi Arnaz. Yeah. Okay. Um, what's their availability like? I thought we were doing their show. I didn't think they were going to come and do their show. That'd be weird. We'd have Zombie Lucy on my couch because I don't think she's alive anymore. Zombie Lucy on your couch. Zombie Lucy on my couch. Zombie Lucy on my couch. Okay. And Bingo was her name. <laughs> Is that the melody you were going for? Welcome to Pods in the Kia Springfield. <laughs> Welcome to Pods. I am. Uh, I'm James. You're Nick. I'm Nick, as I recall. I Correct. feel like, have we introduced ourselves on any of these episodes at this point? Nah, six episodes. Well, I mean, does a Twitter handle at the end count as giving an introduction? I think we, we kind of did that once, didn't we? What is our Twitter handle? Pods Key Springfield? Key Springfield? Um, Key Pod Springfield? I think it's Key Springfield. <laughs> yeah, okay. Sure. You, you introduced you, Yeah, okay, check. sure thing. Um, so, this is going to be... This is going to be an interesting one because usually we make notes... While we're watching these episodes, but today we decided to use our hands to eat hearty bowls of soup during the Key Springfield. Key Springfield, okay. At Key Springfield. So during the entire viewing of the first episode, we were distracted by hearty bowls of chicken soup, and we mm. didn't make any notes at all. I think maybe you wrote one name down. I wrote a name down at your request. Yep, sure. And then uh, second episode just, uh, just went with the flow. Couldn't be fucked, so it should be yeah. interesting to. Well, I mean, see we if had, that was a horrible mistake or not. We had an ice cream. We did have an ice cream, but they're not sponsoring us, so we shouldn't specify which no, one. And just in case we get another ice cream company to sponsor us down the track, because <laughs> I'm sure the one thing that would turn off any prospective ice cream <laughs> sponsors would be the other time where we mentioned an ice cream. So, which uh, which episodes of The Simpsons did we look at tonight? Uh, we looked at two, as usual. We looked at Homer's Night Out. And we looked at Crepes of Wrath. The Crepes of Wrath. All right. Well, uh, my computer's just come up with a pop-up saying that AVG needs to restart in the whole computer in an hour. <laughs> so at least we've got a timer now. Okay, sure thing. Um, I mean, uh, I we could, can postpone I, that. I could way. postpone it. Yeah. We'll see. That's all right. When I'm on one of my long rants about something unrelated, you just run over to the computer and... And hit restart now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... <laughs> So this first episode, uh, Homer's Night Out, oh. in which Homer has a night out. Yeah. In which Homer has the briefest of dalliances with a very tame exotic dancer. Yep. And madness ensues. Yes. A, um, a woman who seems to rather enjoy her job as an exotic dancer who is... Mm-hmm. Uh, Portrayed in a way that I think the show thinks is a positive way, but isn't really. <laughs> yeah, and it's one of those things where, as I was watching it, I was like, hang on, hang on, hang on. Is this, uh, does this appear to be a very ham-fisted attempt at feminism in light of the way that times have moved on? Or is it just a not very good portrayal of feminism? 
Because it like it's that I think they're trying to hit the right notes. They just don't hit them. Yeah. Well, their heart is in the right place. They want to say it's in their chest. Women aren't objects. Let's treat them like. Which seems like a fairly obvious message, but one yeah. that somehow still needs to be said because people are garbage. So yeah, people uh, are garbage. Yeah, they are the worst. But uh, yeah, there's some weird shit in this episode, which I suppose yeah. we should dig into. I mean, the weirdest one. Well, I don't know where you want to start, but I want to go straight to the weirdest thing I found in the episode. Sure, time travel. Uh, no, no time travel in this one. Or there might be some uh, split universe stuff that I'll get to shortly. There's but definitely some stuff in the next episode to yeah, dig into. Absolutely. So yeah. But um, the the weirdest thing I found is that when they start making, I'm jumping ahead, but I'll do it anyway. Sure. When they start making photocopies of the photo that Bart's taken. Uh, on the school library photocopier, the sign on the front of the photocopier says copies five cents, and then the coin slot says ten cents. So that's a mandatory two copy machine. Yeah. I think that for America to call itself the land of freedom and then to have a machine that requires you to make two copies, flat out bullshit. Oh, without a doubt, there is a very clear anti capitalist message in this episode. In this episode? <laughs> And also the next one more explicitly, but you know. <laughs> one thing I appreciate about this episode, we start off with a six-month time jump right yeah. towards the start, where we get the Warren Fisk was the name we wrote down, I Eugene believe. Eugene Fisk. Eugene Fisk. Is Warren Fisk a character from the DC universe or the Marvel universe? Warren Fisk is a very familiar name. Is he the guy who is in Daredevil, like the big bad guy? Hang on, hang on. Let me consult my massive brain. Are we doing a Nick Bings right now? Where you Bing? Warren Fisk profiles. Um, okay, here you go. Yep. <laughs> How about this? Which Bible character was this? No. <laughs> uh, Frederick Fisk Warren was a successful paper manufacturer, fine arts denizen, United States tennis champion, and a major supporter of a tax system which he helped develop in Harvard. So he was a tennis champion, he developed a tax system, and he was a paperman. And he was a fine arts denizen. A denizen of the fine arts? Yeah, it says... Denizen doesn't seem like an appropriate word. Isn't denizen like a a beast? No, denizen is just like a a citizen. A citizen? Yeah. A patron? Yeah, essentially. Why don't they say patron? I looked up the definition of the word denizen maybe four days ago. (laughs) It's just purely by coincidence. And yeah, it's basically (laughs) just a, a citizen. So he was a citizen, a patron of the arts, I suppose. Okay. Uh, hang on. No. A person, animal, or plant that lives or is found in a particular place, according to yeah. that. Yeah. So he, he lived in fine arts. Okay. Okay. So that's Fisk Warren, not Warren Fisk. Wait, and this is Fisk Eugene, Warren? And this is Eugene Fisk. <laughs> you just read Fisk Warren? <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? It's the first thing that came up. I searched Warren Fisk and it said, do you mean Fisk Warren? I was like, no, but I'll read anyway. How often do you get asked that in everyday life? Do you mean Fisk, Warren? Well, now I'm going, when I start talking about my favorite of the fine arts denizens and someone's like, hey, do you mean Fisk, Warren? I'm like, fuck yeah, the paperman. Yeah, so we, we hear about this uh, Fisk fellow and he is Homer's assistant. Within six months, he is engaged to be married. Mm-hmm. He has. He's now Homer's supervisor. I think is the implication. I think so. Yeah. They're having a bucks party at a fucking fish and chip restaurant at the back. Which is super weird. Which seems like I don't, that seems like a bad place to go. How many How many bucks parties have you been to? How many bucks parties have I been to? Yeah. Not many, to be honest. 
People mm-hmm. just don't like me very much. Well, obvious, yep. but yep. W- would you say maybe five in your short but colourful life? Sure. That seems yeah. about right. How many of them have been in Barnacle Bill? Only three of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. And this episode just makes it seem like a constant inevitability. Ah, you know what really I don't get about the American stag do? The stag do. The stag do. <laughs> I believe is what they call What is that an impression of? A box party. Oh, I was just general America. Um, No. uh, The in um, TV shows and movies and everything else, the stag do slash bucks night is always portrayed as being the day before the wedding or the night 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 before the wedding. Doesn't anyone think like don't the people in the don't don't the characters realize that's a stupid 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 idea? I mean, for one thing, you're going to be bloated from all the Barnacle Bills you've just eaten. Yeah, that's true. Barnacle <laughs> Bills is a sorry heavily bloating I, food. I said that and then realized it was me sounding like an open mic comedian trying to wrap up an end that no one really cared about in the first place. I didn't mean to do that. I just think it's a stupid thing. And now, can we, I'm going to ask you this, and I already know the answer, but have you seen the Hangover movies? No. <laughs> of course you haven't, so... Yeah, they they go to Vegas the day before the fucking wedding. They Vegas lose the baby? groom. He, yeah, Vegas baby. Right. Yeah, they go to Vegas and they lose the groom. They completely lose him. They're all panicking like, oh shit, we lost the groom. This isn't good. The wedding's today. Whoa. So they run mm. around and eventually like, phew, thank God we figured that one out. Mm. Let's make sure this doesn't happen again. Next movie happens again. Different guy. They lose them day before the wedding. Like, oh, it happened again. Huh. Just plan it a week in advance, you bunch of poxy morons. I mean, you know, The Hangover 2, in my mind, is actually meant to be a sort of metaphorical movie about the Hollywood system and how you get stuck into turning things into franchises that deserve to be franchises and then the inevitability of sequels. But, you know, that's a whole different rant. The point is... Hey, did I ever tell you about the stage show I'm working on called The Inevitability of Sequence? (laughs) And just every outfit that comes on... Sequence. Nick, you know you have told me about this in great detail. <laughs> the moment I walked in tonight... Hey, I'm, I'm, I was doing it for the benefit of the audience, man. I don't think you should be telling the audience about this stage show. Oh, should, I, should I keep it under wraps? Nick, I went to the dress preview and it's it's not good, man. Hey, I'm trying to keep it under big sequiny wraps. <laughs> You've been in the pocket of big sequin for a while now. <laughs> I'm a sequin denizen. <laughs> What were we talking about again? The Simpsons, <laughs> I think. The sequence. The se- The sequence. <laughs> na 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 na. <laughs> you don't have an actual joke here. <laughs> You're just saying the sequence and then singing the theme song from The Simpsons. I'm glad that was as transparent as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, you start dancing. I'm watching you. You're trying to come up with something. You don't have anything. <laughs> I enjoyed that. <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying about the sequence? <laughs> Warren Fisk really does not enjoy his Bugs Party. He seems yeah, I'm writing, I'm writing, very unhappy. I'm writing a sequel called An Unlikely Sequence of Events. A sequel to what exactly? The, the thing we just pretended exists? <laughs> yeah, the sequence musical. I'm writing another one. An Unlikely Sequence of Events. Is that even a play on anything or is that just sequ- uh, To be honest, it started as a, a play on Lemony Snickets, a series <laughs> of unfortunate events, and realised I wa- that wasn't going to work. So 
What do you think Lemony Snicket's up to right now? Hey, is it just me or do they remake that every two and a half years? There's been two versions, I think. Uh, there was well, one movie, there was a Netflix series. Were they so two and a half years apart? Then I think it was more than that. <laughs> I think it was closer to a decade. This has been Film Facts. Lemony. <laughs> a little side bit. <laughs> a little side action. I mean, we are fine art denizens, so. It's true. That is the one thing we share in common with uh, <laughs> Fisco Warranty. <laughs> but anyway, the the, the Warren, Warren Fisk, which I was that that's the name of the guy. He y- Eugene Fisk, <laughs> Eugene Fisk. Yeah, he's having an awful time of it. He's uh he's that's... very very unhappy when this exotic dancer shows up. That's he's... another thing I've noticed about American portrayals of of Bucks Nights yep. is that no one enjoys them. Well, no. sorry, the groom never enjoys them. Probably because they're sitting there going, "I'm going to be really fucking hungover for my wedding tomorrow. We should have done this a week ago." Jeez, oh, guys, I just want a low key affair. Be, yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to get drunk with dancers. So then, yeah, Princess Jasmine shows up. Homer is uh, lured into dancing with her, as is fairly standard fare at a thing like this, and. Sure. <clears throat> The episode kind of goes batshit from there, I'd say. Yeah, it gets... Um, I mean, it's just... It's hard for me to know if this was... If this is... Uh, and, uh, oh, I'm going to cut the sentence out completely because I don't know where it's going. I got distracted trying to look at the Barnacle Bills menu to make a joke. <laughs> Sorry. Is Barnacle Bills even a thing people know about anymore? <laughs> There's one still on South Road. That's true. Oh, uh, sorry, on um, on Anzac Highway. Okay. Well, I don't know if anyone else knows about it. I used to like Barnacle Bills. I mean, it's not, it's not like a secret thing that only I know about. <laughs> it's that'd not be, that'd be your weird. little secret. No. You can go in there and Barnacle Bills and say, yeah, this is just our little secret, Nick. <laughs> um, um, that was, uh, yeah, sorry. I, I derailed whatever point you were making. This episode goes uh, batshit crazy. And to be honest... I don't like this episode that much. And that's something I haven't said about any of the episodes yet. No. I'm saying it about this one. I don't like it very much. This The redeeming feature for this episode <laughs> is the little kid, bloody Bart 2.0, going, Hey, mister! Yeah, the little kid in the quickie mart. It's so strange. And every time I see it, it's stranger than I remember. And I love it. And I love that Homer responds with, oh, and a doody 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 you too. I love that the kid has decided this was an Egyptian themed dance as well. Yeah, that's a good point. Just based on very little evidence, I would think. Very little evidence. And what... Everyone assumes, or at least Burnsy, assumes that it's like proof that Homer is some kind of Casanova seducer of women. Including his wife. No, it's just a guy that got up and danced on a table with, with someone who was doing her job, which includes dancing. Yeah. I don't a care. job she seemed to be very good at based on the very erratic animation around her dancing. <clears throat> yeah. So eventually we reach a point. Homer gets kicked out of the house, which is a odd little turn. and uh, His shirt turns tattered within a day. Yes. How flimsy are his <laughs> shirts? Which I feel like... Are they made of crepe paper? In later seasons, this would be played as a joke. In this one, it just seems like that's just what yeah, they expect would yeah, happen with his shirt. They've just drawn it as slightly tattered, but not enough to make it a joke. One thing you said about this episode that I thought was quite quite interesting. I don't recall saying things about this episode. No, that's true. But when uh, when Buzz printing out all the pictures of his dad dancing with this woman, they're getting handed out and everyone sees it, everyone's really enamored with it. You turned to me and you said, this episode 
does not work in a post-porn world. Yeah, no, totally. Because there's like so, some guy faxes it to faxes it to a business colleague, and he's like, "Oh, wait till the boys get a load of this." <laughs> what? It's a picture of a fully clothed man and a mostly clothed woman on a table in Barnacle Bill. <laughs> Having a dance. Having a dance. Barnacle Bill, where Bart, by the way, orders a squid oh. with extra tentacles and oh. then is surprised ev- when he is disgusted by it. But also, right, here's a few things about that. He orders a squid with extra tentacles and Lisa's like, oh, don't be ridiculous. And Marge is like, Bart, why can't you order something normal? Squid is, isn't... Creepy. Yeah. Squid's just a thing. And then he gets served what is clearly like a miniature octopus because it has an enormous, big, bulging cartoon eye. Yeah. Which is how octopu- octopi are drawn in the Simpsons universe. It is not a squid. No. Anyway. And Marge seems to be served some sort of fish steak. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed fake. that, but it was like, it looked like a steak, except it was pale and white. <laughs> Uh, who ordered the uh, salmon T-bone? <laughs> I don't know why Marvin Monroe is working at the <laughs> Barnacle Bill. <laughs> Dr. Marvin Monroe's family fishery. <laughs> so eventually Marge says to Homer, I feel like we're skipping a lot because we didn't take any notes, but whatever, this is our podcast, we'll do what yep. we want. The, um, Marge says to Homer that she wants him to take Bart to meet this woman and let Bart know that this is like a real person and that she has real feelings and this is like an admirable like idea but yeah. doesn't really tie into anything that's no. happened previously. It seems no. like an odd jump to make. The idea that uh, Bart needs to learn that women are not objects is a good lesson for Bart to learn mm-hmm. but I'm not entirely sure from this episode where he got the idea that they are objects. How this one yeah. picture of Homer dancing with a woman who is, uh, you know, performing a job that she enjoys and is very good at. Mm-hmm. And then the part that annoys me is that there, there, there isn't even any redemption to that thread because when they go and talk to Princess Kashmir, who says her real name is Johnny something, I think, which is weird. Don't think um, she said Johnny. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, fair enough. Um, I'm probably wrong. But when uh, she's, she's got nothing of substance to say anyway. One hmm. like she says three things, and one of them is my turn-ons include silk sheets and a warm fireplace. Yeah, those are my turn-ons as well. I, what are your turn-ons, Nick? Well, look, I mean, if I was going to be put on the spot like that, I'd say probably silk sheets and a warm fireplace. Oh yeah, but with a big family pack of Barnacle Bill. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you want to get Barnacle Bill as a sponsor? <laughs> I think we already did. Oh yeah, that's why. Uh, no, you're not not supposed to tell them about the bill dollars. <laughs> I think that's exactly what you meant to do if you have a sponsor. Oh yeah, I suppose so. Huh. Sorry, I've got a new song coming out. It's called Dollar Dollar Barnacle Bill, y'all. <laughs> that doesn't sound very good. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut that out. <laughs> no, you leave it the fuck in. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone must know when your jokes fail. Yes. Have you ever noticed how many podcasts you listen to? There'll be bits where they say, oh, I'm going to cut that in post, and then just nothing gets cut ever. Yep. Except for the bits that you don't hear, I suppose. Yeah. They've been cut. Yeah. It's a self-selecting situation. I pointed at you then. I didn't mean to. Do you think Dr. Colossus is in this episode at all? Um, hmm. Because I feel like there's a lot he could have learned about how to treat women in this episode. I'm pretty sure he's not treating his wife well. Colossus has a wife. Maybe. We have... Well, this is new. 
I wasn't aware. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like if we're looking in the background, there's bound to be some sort of tragic backstory where, you know, because it is the early 90s, it'll be that his wife gets killed and sure. that's his motivation going forward. Sure. Okay. Because that's the only plot device that uh, that is new back then (laughs) in a very special episode finds the wife in the fridge dead of doctor in the fridge yeah that's a whole trope i mean it's not really it's one this comic uh, i forget which one it is but this guy finds his wife or his girlfriend dead in the fridge and then this became this uh this whole concept of fridging the wife it's like this awful (laughs) thing you do where you like you kill the woman and then like that's the motivation for the man and that's all it symbolizes. And I was thinking about this the other day, tangent, but I was thinking mm. about this. Imagine being that author who wrote that and you're writing like, oh yeah, I've got this emotional moment now. This is really going to touch people. This is interesting. And then the comic you wrote becomes a trope about how poorly men write women. <laughs> yeah, that's And how women are used poorly within comic books. That is interesting. That'd uh, be what, a bad feeling. When Do you know when Fridging the Wife started? No, I know fewer details about this than I should, having no. started this rant. No, it's, I, I only ask because I wonder if it was anything to do with, uh, was it Jeffrey Dahmer, the serial killer that used to put body parts in the freezer? Could have been. And I wonder if that was like something that was in the kind of cultural consciousness, so this guy took it and used it as a device, and then out of context later on, it just becomes a, a truck. don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's a, hey, a rabbit hole a, I want to climb down. Hey, do you want to start a podcast where we just talk about murder? I don't think that's been covered by Yeah, anyone. okay. What yeah. should we call it? Murders I Like. Barnacle Bill's <laughs> Murder Hour. Murders, <laughs> he wrote. <laughs> he, specifically. Yep, because we're men. What else happens in this episode? Oh, Homer makes a lot of speeches that don't you understand? Women are important because they mean things to us, men. Yeah. And all the men say, oh, that's right. I've got a daughter. I should be at home. Totally. Looking we- at my daughter, I guess. Women are important because we all have frames of reference that yeah. attach them to us. Women are important, except for the ones who are dancing on stage right now. They don't really matter. Uh, it, nah. Look, I'm going to uh, bust out a word I don't use very often for this episode. Gro- Misappropriation. <laughs> Gross. It's just a bit gross. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a grouse episode personally. Is that what you said, grouse? No. Is grouse still a word? Uh, I've heard it in a song recently. Was grouse ever a word? Um, The Secret Chef? No. Surprise Chef? What was the name of that show? <laughs> I don't know. I don't... He, he tried to make it a thing in like 2002. I think you're just making this up. I don't think there was a secret No, do you remember the TV show? I think it was called Surprise Chef where this really enthusiastic Australian chef would, like, intercept a, an unwitting family in a uh, supermarket and say, oh, what have you got in your trolley? Oh, yeah, a bit of this, a bit of that. Well, I'm going to come home and cook a three-course dinner with whatever's I, in your kitchen. I remember that. That yeah. was obnoxious. <laughs> it was not great. And they're like, oh, um, no, sorry, we just we want a quiet night at home with the kids. We've got plans. Yeah. No, 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 I'm fucking coming home, and I'm making something out of your food, and, and sub- you're going to fucking eat it. <laughs> And the substitutions that he would make were always amazing because it was things like, you know, oh, well, uh, you haven't got the ingredients for a bechamel sauce for, your, you, for this lasagna. That's all right. I'll just use vanilla ice cream. And I'm sitting there as, as like a 15-year-old that knew a bit about cooking. I'm like, yeah. well, that's, no, that's not going to work at all. I mean, you've got to bake the lasagna for a start. How's the ice cream going to cope? Yeah. I'm anyway, he, 15, he, I should be cranking it. He said the word, he said the word grouse a lot. Okay. 
That's that, that was the tie in there. <laughs> didn't take off. It's, uh, no, it didn't. There's another point where Homer kicks, uh, no, Marge, sorry, kicks Homer out of the house. And then she opens the door again and throws him a box of tissues and says, you know, you, if you still got a heart left, you're going to need this. Again, post-porn world means something very different, I think. Absolutely. I'd say post-porn as though porn didn't exist back then. It very much did, but you know. It's, oh, uh, I think it's a shorthand that we all understand. And we've both been sitting here looking at pornography right now as we're recording. It's different. Um, so I just want to point out two things quickly about Surprise Chef. Okay, good. So <laughs> That's start, what I was hoping you were going to say. For a start, the chef's name was Aristos Papandrocolakis. Yep, cool. So that's cool. Um, but also, I said 2002, Surprise Chef was on the air but from 2001 <laughs> to 2003. So I just wanted everyone to know that I'm okay at remembering things. <laughs> okay. For anyone listening at home, Jackal literally just threw his head back <laughs> and rested on the couch, looking up to the sky in a kind of give me strength moment, which is an interesting place for an atheist to look. Yeah. Um, just like the way you, you had to stop and just clarify, hey, that thing I said I thought was probably right, turns out it was. <laughs> that thing that literally no one argued with me on, just wanted to prove I was right. Let's imagine somebody out there was listening to this podcast in their car and they were just pulling over because they needed to look this information up. <laughs> I can't believe he didn't give a full shout out to Aristos. Maybe Aristos is out there listening. Hey, Aristos. How you going? Aristos, okay. would you cook us dinner? That'd be pretty grouse. Yeah, I guess. Um, second episode that we... Observe. Have you got more things to say about Homer's Night Out? Uh, I think we've clocked it. It wasn't great. I think we've nailed <laughs> Homer's Night Out. Should we, should we deal with the uh, the antivirus thing? Nah. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. uh, so, second episode, Crepes of Wrath. Another weird episode. Yes, very much so. Although, I like this one quite a bit, I think. That's fine. It was quite a bit to cling to in this one. I mean, it had some problems. It I had mean, some pretty serious problems. There, but, uh, there are some... So this is a this is an episode where Bart is deported to France, possibly because of a colossus involvement. Hard to say. I'm pretty sure there's time travel involved. There's a lot of stuff going on because you are asking a lot of questions during this episode that I think could only be explained by time by travel. time traveling colossus. You're right, and now I know why you kept ignoring all my questions and saying mm, save it for the podcast. No, that wasn't why. <laughs> Such a harsh mistress. Okay, yeah, Bart goes to France because uh, he's been a bad with a boy. Bad with a boy. An Albanian kid comes along. A lot of weirdly racist jokes about Albania. Bart gets tortured for two months. Uh, He dies. The rest of the series is a dream from his perspective because he's mistreated by these uh, Frenchmen. He's left dead on the ground. Uh, In his final moments, he imagines the rest of the series and then finally passes away in peace. The French authorities eventually arrest the men. And uh, the show is never the same again because it is all in Bart's imagination. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the thing that um, one of the things that gets me is that when Skinner first suggests the idea of the exchange program, and uh, then Homer says, "Oh, so what? We're going to get some French kid?" And Skinner's like, "Oh, no, no, no! You'll be getting someone from Albania." Now, at that point, no one has actually signed up to be involved. Like. For, uh, Homer and Marge haven't given their final approval and neither has Bart. And then some Albanian is apparently the one lined up for the other side of the exchange. 
But then the Albanian kid, Adil, turns out to be like some kind of stool pigeon sparrow spy to get secret, uh, to get top secret information from the nuclear power plant. Stool pigeon sparrow spy. Yeah. Oh, that's a spin off from the sequins musical I'm coming up with. I thought it was like a Power Rangers series. (laughs) I could work. Um, uh, I'll, I'll amend my draft. Um, but, uh, at the time that Adil was picked as the kid to go on this exchange, they didn't know that they were going to end up at the Simpsons. No. They didn't know they were going to end up with a safety inspector at a nuclear power plant. What was... Was was the plan from the Albanian side, was it go to America and spy on whatever it is that you end up in? Oh, I've, I've gone with Milhouse's parents. I'm at the Cracker Factory. We'll get some top secret fucking Cracker Factory tips. Oh, I would have loved that episode. Imagine <laughs> all the cracker revelations we could have had. And uh, <laughs> here's where we add the salt. Anyway. <laughs> and uh, no. Um, uh, no so it just doesn't make any sense because they've planned this incredibly <laughs> sophisticated incident of espionage yeah. with no guarantee they're going to end up at The Simpsons. One thing that I also find interesting is this this little Albanian boy is very excited to go to the nuclear power plant, get photos of things, send them back to Albania, I don't know, like, do whatever they're going to do with that information. But this is just a power plant. This isn't a nuclear weapon facility or yeah. anything. And also, he's really excited about taking photos of, like, a bit of machinery that says top secret on it. That doesn't make any sense. No. That doesn't make any sense at all. A sign that says top secret is not in and of itself a secret. You feel like in this first season, the general art budget is holding them back. They can't really portray something that would be worth taking a photo of. Yeah, I, the, I guess so. Because I was, this is actually something I was thinking with, about the previous episode and forgot to brought up that I'm not going to segue back to. Sure. When we see this photo in the previous episode of Homer dancing with Princess Jasmine, and it's very, Princess, very tame. Princess Cashmere. Cashmere, okay. Uh, and it's a very tame photo. Yeah. I was wondering throughout the entire episode, is this very tame photo meant to be a metaphor for like the real photo that exists within that world? Oh. Because oh. it seems ludicrous that everyone's reacting the way to that photo. Do you mean kind of like the SDHD thing? <laughs> like, if if they could afford more pixels, we'd be seeing more detail? And that perhaps there are some racy details in this blurred estimation of a photo that we can't see. Is that what it you mean? It seems like a crazy interpretation of the word metaphor, but sure. Uh, oh. <laughs> I understand. So, does metaphor not mean the same thing as resolution? <laughs> Just up it to 4K and you'll see, you'll see everything. Just up it to 4K. Yeah, that's come been... On, come on, Bart, with your $2 spy camera from the back of a comic book. Have you ever seen uh, the original, like, uh... The original storyboards for these episodes where Matt Granny would just scroll all over it, just upgrade to 4K, just upscale to 4K. Um, have I mentioned that I, until about a year ago, thought that it was pronounced Matt Groaning? <laughs> and then when I told you that, you were like, what? Some guy who's always just going, Aah! and I was like, yeah, pretty much. God, I hope I am actually right that it's Matt Groening. <laughs> no, I, th- I think it is Matt One Groening. of us has to be right. I think it is. Oh, I, I'm, I'm going to continue to say Groaning and okay. know that I'm wrong. And I'll just call him the creator of Futurama. Uh, 
Hey everyone, this is James, uh, one of the two guys you just heard on the rest of the podcast up to this point. I just need to clarify what is coming up ahead because we had some audio problems and a lot of stuff got messed up, wasn't really salvageable, so the point where the audio started working again is sort of in the middle of some bullshit, just us rambling on about something unrelated to anything. But in terms of what I could actually do editing this episode, it seemed best to reserve that rambling weird bullshit, so please just try to enjoy what is about to come up and know that uh, there was actually some preamble before this, but it's lost now because technology is imperfect and so am I. Uh, please enjoy the rest of the bullshit. Who's Sherlock Holmes? Uh, Sherlock Holmes. He was this. Uh, he was a real man in the 1800s who oh, okay. liked to solve crimes. And 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 did he take photos of things? I think if he. Uh, oh wait. I think he wanted to. At wait. Least. Let me know if I'm wrong. Yep. Uh, I can go back on Wikipedia if I need to. Yep. Sherlock Holmes would take photos of things for evidence. Yep. And then Jack the Ripper would tear the photos apart. He would rip the photos apart, if you will. Yeah, I think, um... Did you ever play that video game, Sherlock Holmes vs. Jack the Ripper? Do you mean where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? (laughs) (laughs) No. No, I'm referencing a real thing. Oh. (laughs) Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego is a real video game? Yeah, I'm not disputing that. Oh, okay. Sorry, 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 sorry. There's a... Um, Yeah, but, you know, Jack the Ripper. She said something about going to an island covered in stone heads and something about her shutter speed. Okay, I have to go to Easter Island and visit a camera shop. Okay. That was my internal monologue while playing Carmen Sandiego. I just, um, where in the world was Carmen Sandiego in the end? Uh, different places every time, see? Okay. I think. Okay. And who were you in that game? Were you just a detective looking for her? Uh, you meant to be like a, oh. her lover or something? Seeking I, don't think, I don't think we were her lover. Okay. I just realized every time I think about Carmen Sandiego, I'm picturing, picturing Shania Twain, which is weird. <laughs> Shania Twain in the hat. Um, I think that's because you were born in 1986. That's just where your mind goes. That's, just, that's just who, so it's just who you I think, think of. That time period is like, who was important? It was Carmen Sandiego and Shania and, Twain. And Shania that Twain. was my sexual awakening. <laughs> what I'm sticking with. She said something about, if you're not in it for love, I'm out of here. Yeah. Man, she felt like a woman. So it's by Shania Twain, isn't it? Good content. Are we talking about The Simpsons? So Bart goes to um. No, I was talking about a a, a deal. A deal was who I was talking about because I love this. A kid. deal or no a deal? Is this kid is woke as fuck? It's fantastic. Yeah, totally. He is anti-capitalist. Yep. He is against the um. He's he's basically uh opposing Wall Street well before the whole ninety nine one percent thing was a thing. He's. Mm-hmm. I mean, his statistics are outdated now. He's saying that 5% of people control all the wealth. It's 1% now. It's 1% now, a deal. Yeah, so... Yeah, but this kid... This kid is fucking woke. Yeah. He was... uh, He would be on the front line of all the protests today. Yeah. He would be militantly opposed Mm. to everything that's happening. I like this kid. This kid's got moxie. He is in no way the villain of this episode. I think we should check in on a deal, see what he's up to. Yeah. I think uh, Matt Groening should definitely check in. Uh, 
I'm yeah. the little boy. The little boy he left in Albania. The little boy he left in Albania. How old would a dude be now? He would be... Mid-30s? 48, I want to say. 48? Yeah. You're right. Yeah, by the time we release this episode. Sure. Sure. <laughs> um, I mean, there's a chance that now that Adil is 48, there's a there's a chance that he's no longer as right on as he once was. There's a chance that he's... Just right. <laughs> Very right. Oh, I was going to say fallen foul to the getting older, getting more conservative thing. That's apparently a thing that I can't wait to disprove. Because um, if anything, I've become I've become far, far, far less conservative in my journey from fifteen to thirty. I imagine that'll continue. You're just gonna you're gonna call me up tomorrow and say, "Hey, that Pauline Hanson. You know, usually I don't like what she has to say, but this whole thing about her." Uh, I don't even want to pick an issue and pretend that you're into it, actually. No, that, that so. seems dangerous, doesn't it? <laughs> this whole thing about the overpricing scheme at Barnacle Bills, I reckon she's onto something. I mean, she did used to run a fish and chip shop. That does seem like the kind of issue she would really hone in on, doesn't really it? Really hone in on. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, there's calamari tax. I'm not sure about that. Not sure about that. How do you feel about the calamari tax? I have a feeling that... The, and then there would be a snappy headline on, like, the Sydney Morning Herald about, like... Uh, Barnacle invoice instead of barnacle bill. Okay, okay. Because they're, they're synonyms, Jackal? Invoice and bill. Oh, fuck. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and it was a joke about the the, the prices. Okay. Should I be ragging on the prices of our sponsor? <laughs> what are the prices? Let's, I'm not going down that rabbit hole. Let's talk about Buzz death in this episode. Okay, um, so the dodgy French winemakers are making dodgy wine. Yep, but um, gets sent to... They've only fermented it for three days. Yep. And I know as someone who's done some homebrew that what the the risk of that is not the risk... Well, for a start, it's going to be terrible wine, but also it might explode the bottle. Yep, sure. Because it will continue to ferment while it's in the bottle and the pressure might, you know, etc. So uh, I don't yeah, know if that's the, how I, you lost your left eye, isn't it? Because you... Oh, no, that's because I stuck it out of a bus. Oh, okay. And now I run a shop selling war memorabilia. I mean, you didn't get hit by anything. It was just like sticking your eye out of the bus required. You said said eye. Sorry. (laughs) I thought you said arm. I didn't realize. (laughs) You know, I stuck just my eye out of the bus. See, that was a much funnier joke. (laughs) That was a good ref. And you ruined it. It's fine, though. I'm sorry. Um, sorry. Yeah, so... Bud goes to France. I mean, they don't even discuss the idea that he's going to go to a school in France. He just gets sent to a winery to make wine for what ends up being two months, and then he dies. Yeah, and then he... I think it's fair to say. And then he dies. Based on our reading of the episode, which is... and it's meant to be three months. Yeah. But then he dies two months in. But he dies two months in. Yeah, possibly because the uh, donkey eats him. I don't know. It's hard to say. You don't see the actual moment. Well, I'm pretty sure when the donkey gets the red hat, when Bart's lucky red hat... Mm. Ooh. Is it the first appearance of the lucky red hat? I fear no. He coughs it up when Nelson oh, beats yes, him yes, up. Oh yes, yes, yes. Of course he does. Of course he does. Of course he does. Yep. Hey, how has the Simpsons ruined your life? How has the Simpsons ruined my life mm. in this specific one? Who I feel like I was very distrustful of the French as a child. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this episode just oh, uh, yeah. Gave me a bad impression of the entire country. How about, um, how were you with Albanians? Did you give away any national security secrets or anything? Uh, you know, only if they really, like, pushed me on it. I mean, I gave them heaps of photos of things that just had top secret written on them. Yeah. 
Yeah. Apparently that's what they're into. That's what I thought. You gave them a picture of your butt, you know, like Bart does in that, the first episode in Despair. I may have done. Yeah. I would have I, I would have called that photo Butt Simpson. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it was your butt, you probably wouldn't have. Or maybe though, I don't know. Maybe I would have. Do you have a yellow asshole? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sorry. <laughs> Um, the way The Simpsons ruined I my I went life. to say us and then added the extra bit on the end there and I regretted it immediately. I'm not proud of anything I've done tonight. Uh, you know, at a time I thought this, you know, this would be a podcast of intellectual stimulation, you know. Different kind of stimulation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I uh, frequently find myself saying, do, 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 um, followed by and a do 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 you too. Uh, that's the way that this has ruined my life. I fr- I, I say that more often than is strictly necessary. I yeah, think. and it's not a reference that's easy to explain. Oh no, it's the worst because it's such an incidental <laughs> thing that no one remembers. And the um, reason it's funny is because it's dumb as fuck, which is not usually why The Simpsons is funny. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, it's going to be very different when we get into the later better seasons and then the um much later much worse seasons. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing the way <laughs> when it gets to a point where it's, "Hey, how's The Simpsons ruined your life?" <laughs> well, I've had to watch this episode from season 28. Yeah, I'd completely forgotten about this one. Mm. So, what else happens in this episode? Uh, Bart enters his death state. He, uh, we don't see the actual moment, but I think it is fair to assume that Bart does die in this episode, especially because right at the end, when we see his plane arrive back in Springfield. Yeah. And he seems to be the only person on this plane and mm. it pulls right up to the family and gets out and we see the plane leaving a hangar, which seems to me a very childish idea of how planes work. Yeah, it comes out of a hangar and then we hear a voiceover that says the flight from France is now arriving. Yep. I mean, that's super 10-year-old dream sequence. Yes. Death, it's definitely a... Death dream sequence. A dying 10-year-old's idea of how a plane lands and how a child... And also, he carried wine from France back to America, and a 10-year-old can't do that. No. No, a 10-year-old can't. And he's got a little guillotine. There's no way they'd let you on a plane with that. Yeah, what was that guillotine for? Was it for chopping carrots? It's for chopping Lisa's fingers off. <laughs> Seems brutal. Oh, so but I'm it's... not sure why I started laughing there. I just... Uh, can't, I mean, can't, we can't be I too... I was struck with the idea of uh, <laughs> Bart bringing back a guillotine and then maiming his sister, and for some reason that... That tickled my funny bone. Is that one of the words... This is a genuine question. I'm not trying to be horrible. Sure. Is that one of the words where the double L is meant to be pronounced as a Y? Or is that like Spanish words and this is a French word so it doesn't count? Hmm. You're talking about the word guillotine, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. That's an interesting language question. I might ask YouTube. Okay. Wait, in the middle of a podcast, you're going to go on YouTube? What's your language video? I'm just... No, because... Have you seen the pronunciation videos on YouTube? Oh, yeah, yeah. The very short the ones. The very short ones. Uh, does anything else happen in this episode? Uh, um, Homer, Homer Homer, goes back to being a really shitty father in this one. He does. He bounces back and forth a bit, but in this one, he is a negligent man. Wait a minute. You're playing the video? Hang on. I've got to get... I've got to sort all my volumes out. Okay, okay. Okay. Guillotine. 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 Okay. So, I mean, it's not as much of a yurt as I expected, but... I feel like I am probably just going to keep mispronouncing that word forever. 
because oh, that's I'm a piece of shit. <coughs> You're also not a YouTube video, so you are excused. That's true. That's true. But um, yeah, Homer is a bad, bad dad with a broken back. Mm. Lying on the couch, slowly. Maybe Homer dies in this episode as well. It's hard to say. Is there a bad back? Like, is the bad back a pre-existing injury? Uh, I think just because Homer's middle-aged and fat, we're just meant to yeah, assume to that his back is in a constant state of agony, I guess. Mm. It, uh, is, it is interesting, because I'm 30. Yeah. It's interesting waking up in the morning and being like, oh, I've got a sore foot. Is that permanent now? Yep. That's a thought that genuinely crosses my mind often. I wake up and go, oh, sweet, my knee's a bit stiff. Is my hmm. knee going to be a bit stiff yeah. for the rest of my short but yeah. colourful life? I guess my body's just not as good as it used to be, and it was never that good to begin with. But, uh, yeah. And it was never that good to begin with. Yeah. Uh, hey, you know how I write wills for people? Yes. That's part of my job. Sure. Did I t- so one of the questions... You're a I willerman. Ha- yeah, a, a lawyerman. Wilhelmina, as I call you. Wilhelmina. Yeah. Thank, thank Yep. Yep. Um, uh, every will covered in sequence. But when I asked someone the other day if they have any preference of what they want done with their body, you know, buried, cremated, donated to science, whatever. Yeah. The response was, cremated, mate. <clears throat> it's the only time I'll have a smoking hot body. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's, a, that's solid. I had a client doing material on me. <laughs> Doing bits about their own death. Doing bits about their own death. But unfortunately, his death is in no way funny. He just drops dead on the ground. Mm, drops yeah. dead on the ground. Unfortunately, the... after being tortured for two months by a Frenchman. on the ground and then is swaddled by an indifferent member of the French police force. So I guess the, um, the lesson of this episode is uh, do not send your children on exchange overseas, even though it seems like a great opportunity for them. Because uh, they'll be killed by French maniacs. I actually, uh, I started thinking, isn't it astonishing that that's a thing that used to happen before mobile phones? Because now, if you send a child to France now and they ended up in a terrible winery with idiots, yes, within minutes they would find a way to send you a message saying, "Hey, this isn't what I signed up for. Let's do the old reverso on the plane." It does seem odd um, that nobody checks in on Bart at any point in that two-month period. I mean, yeah. Where's the where's the comptroller of of the French school board to come in and say, this this is going exactly as I had planned? I was about to slide into an accent there and then... Just jumps in, mon do! <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's weird now that the idea of doing anything before mobile phones existed seems just vaguely terrifying to me. Yeah. And this is also before internet porn. Otherwise, I imagine Bart would have. Uh, where do I want to? I don't want to go anywhere with that joke. Do you, actually, do you reckon that when Adil was sending pictures back yeah. of, of the top secret areas in the nuclear power plant, do you reckon he also sent back the one of Homer and Princess Cashmere? When you, yeah, yeah. I, just, I just didn't know what the difference was. The time difference between those two episodes. How is he sending them exactly? Does he have his own fax machine? I think is there a shot of him? I mean, he was transmitting directly to a satellite. That seems super advanced for someone who's operating out of Bart's treehouse. Yeah, super advanced. Well, well it's a it's an odd episode. Mm. The Simpsons was strange. Yeah, in his first year. This week, well, in, in the first year, but this week, The Simpsons was strange. Yeah. So we only have two episodes left of this season. 
as I make it out. We've got that um, the one where Krusty goes to jail and maybe he dies there. Hard to say. And then the one yeah. where the um, that babysitter finishes off Lisa. Oh, uh, Mich- Michelle Butts, I think her name is. Yeah, Michelle. Yeah, uh, Lucille Butts. Is Lucille it? Ball. Yeah, Lucille Ball. All right, Zombie Lucille Ball is going to join us on next episode. All right, fantastic. Um, so, uh, and then after we, we think after each season, we're going to go through the movies. All yeah, right, we're going to watch the old Simpsons we're movie, watch the Simpsons movie. Yeah, are we going to podcast about that, or we're we just going to do it? I think we're going to do a, a, a podcast about that. It might be a. a might not go for the length of the normal ones. We'll say. Maybe I mean, we'll we be three know. times as long. It's really hard to say. It'll be three times as long. With our tendency to prattle on about senseless nonsense, it really could go either way. With our tendency to get needlessly specific. So, uh, all right. Is there anything we need to plug at the end of this episode? Um, what was our Twitter handle again? I literally had to look it up again because I'd forgotten. <laughs> the one that I made and have promptly forgotten about? It is at Key Springfield. Yep, and you can email us at pods in the key of Springfield at gmail.com. Uh, the cover art that we, as of right now, while we're recording, we haven't actually seen the final product yet, but uh, the artist is Marigold Bartlett. She is Ghost Town Goldie on Twitter. Oh, I might follow her. Yep, very, uh, very prominent artist. A uh, lot of great stuff out there, so... Seems worth plugging her on this, the sixth episode of the podcast. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm Nick Ibis on Twitter. You're at Jekyll. Yep, J-I-C-K-L-E. I know it's not spelled how it's pronounced. Don't worry about it. <sighs> one, right. day, one day we'll do the origin story of your name. Yeah, well, do we have a catchphrase that we end on yet or anything? Oh, uh, look. Wizard was it, was it? <laughs> yeah, and then I said a phrase that I don't want to use as my my sign-out phrase. Okay. I, I think I've tried to come up with new ones and I keep forgetting. All right, everyone, just uh, you know, keep um, doing the Bart Man and we'll see you next week. <laughs> and a doody doody do to all of you two. <laughs> and to all a good night. I didn't enjoy it as much as I normally do. No? Because for anyone playing along at home, it's an ice cream that has like a layer of chocolate and then a layer of caramel and then a layer of chocolate. And the caramel was frozen really brittly today, I thought. I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was a nice little treat. I think it's a little more gooey normally. I like the goo. I'm a big fan of the caramel goo. I have always thought that you are a a goo fan. (laughs) I have known you to be... um, Emphatic about goo. Emphatic about goo. Emphatic yeah. about goo. Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe that is on your family crest. Uh, yes. Your goo fanatics. <laughs> I'm trying to come up with a Dave Grohl joke. Goo fanatics, which is the other podcast, as I recall. Yeah, the one co-starring Lucille Ball.